Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hey, She Did It Her Way listeners. It's your host, Amanda Bolin, and thanks again for tuning into another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. Today, I am sitting down with Lynn Philby. Lynn is a broker associate at Barrett and Warner selling luxury real estate in Chicago, Illinois. And in this interview, Lynn shares her journey with us and how she was able to set ambitious intentions, hustle, and work hard to achieve her goals and build a life that she had always wanted. She made sacrifices, downsized more than once, and got really clear on what was necessary to have in her life and how she was going to cut out the unnecessary things that only created noise in order to pursue the life she wanted. So meeting Lynn has inspired me and I hope after this interview will inspire you to start setting intentions and going after your dreams. So here is to setting intentions and making sacrifices with Lynn Philby. You're joining us today on this Monday episode and I'm talking with Lynn Philby and I, like I said in the intro, brought her on because she is a woman of setting intentions and I, we met over coffee and she has a fantastic story that I immediately was like, you need to come on the show. So Lynn, I'm going to just turn it to you and I really just want you to take it and share your story about and share as much as you would like. I would love to, for you to share everything that you shared with me. <laughs> um, so that is your discretion to share that. But Take us back from, tell us what, what it is that you're up to now, and then we'll just go back to where it all began and started and how you got to where you're at. Sure. Um, and thank you so much for having me, and I'm happy to share um, the story like I did with you. I, um, For me now, I am a realtor here in Chicago, which is a long ways from where I first started Um out. I went to college for um, physical therapy and I was um, in grad school and I always knew I was meant to do more. I always had a sort of entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and through a, a really strange journey, I am now um, a broker associate at Baird Warner in Chicago and selling uh, luxury real estate. It's been an exciting um, course change, I suppose. And I was telling, like I was telling you, it was a lot for me just about visualizing where I knew I could be in my life and having some very specific thoughts and visualizations about, you know, where I could be. Um, and I had, I guess I always sort of find myself um, self-talking a lot of times. And like I told you, I write the affirmations and write some goals and things like that. And when I was in grad school, I just knew I wasn't where I needed to be. I could see myself being somewhere else. I could see myself in a more um, sort of formal position as opposed to being in scrubs every day and treating patients. So then um, I had met my my boyfriend at the time, and we both had goals of opening a business uh, that would allow us to be in Fort Lauderdale, which is where we were at the time. And and when, what we, year did you graduate from PT? Um, so I was in grad school. I started grad school in 2005. And um, probably about a year and a half in, I knew I was not where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. What was that like when you hit that point and you're like, uh-oh? <laughs> uh, I mean... It's unsettling because you've put so much work in and I did almost quit. Um, I talked to my parents about it and I talked to my boyfriend about the time just saying like, I just know that I'm meant to do something else. And I, you know, this, I wanted to own my own business and my parents had sort of said, well, you've come this far and you've put all this effort in, like see it through and decide once you're done. And I thought maybe I was just getting cold feet. So I did, I stuck it out. And I said to myself, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll open a physical therapy clinic instead of like treating patients. I'll just go that entrepreneurial side of things. So I just stuck with it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so then you graduated, and then where did you go? Then I graduated, and I stayed in Fort Lauderdale. And in the last two years of being in grad school, my boyfriend and I, um, he was working on private yachts at the time in Fort Lauderdale. And we wanted to, you know, we realized we were going to, you know, eventually get married. And it wasn't realistic for him to be off sailing, you know, three months at a time and, and then coming home. So we had sort of found a niche and that we could open a yacht management company. So there's a lot of yachts in the sort of 60 to 100 foot range that sit behind people's boats, uh, people's homes, and they don't always use them. But they were paying people full time crew to be on the boats and manage them. And we sort of saw a niche where we could come in and offer them a contract, a monthly contract to maintain their boats and they could get rid of this full-time staff that they were paying salary and benefits to. And we came in as a management company to manage the boats on all aspects. And then when the people were ready to use the boats, we would uh, contract the crew to come on board for the days that they needed them and then take them off to like storage and maintain it while they weren't using it. And it was, a, it was a pretty lucrative little business. And we realized very quickly that we were onto something with it. And I was really enjoying doing that. And I was working. I was finished, finished grad school. Uh, we started the business over the course of those two years, finished grad school. And then, unfortunately, um, right as I finished grad school was when the market crashed. So then, because so after the market crashed and you guys... After the market crashed, um, my uh, my then fiance and soon to be husband was offered a job in New York um, as a commodities broker, and we did two years back and forward uh, between New York and Fort Lauderdale. We had to let our business go, which was very difficult because um, it was something that we had poured every dollar we had into it, and all that blood, sweat, and tears. And we had to let it go, and he had to take a, a position that was more steady. So we did back and forward to New York for two years, and then we were given the opportunity um, to come to Chicago. So I wasn't really getting to do necessarily what I wanted to do. We were running the business together, and we we ventured off, and we did did a um, uh, it became an investment uh, company basically that we started. Um, and then we got the opportunity to move to Chicago. So we just had a lot of bouncing around and after, after we lost the first business and then he started, um, his second and I helped with starting the second company. Um, and then unfortunately, really quick had up up until that point. And just to recap too. So when you, the last two years of finishing grad school for PT were the first two years of the business that you guys had with the contracting, working with private yachts in Correct. Lauderdale. And then during the time, like 2008, 2009, when the market had crashed, it, you guys kind of, you got out of the yacht, that industry. And at the same time, your boyfriend or fiance at the time had an opportunity to go to New York in which you guys did that, right? Yeah, we, we did that. And we lived separate for two years, just traveling back and forth between Manhattan and Fort Lauderdale, um, just trying to make something else happen. And it was actually when all that happened, picking up the books like The Secret and The Power and and all these goal-setting books, that's probably when we dived into that those books because you're just the absolute rock bottom. You've lost one business. You're trying to find your feet in another industry. We didn't really know where we were going. Um, and that's when I discovered those books. those books and started reading them and learning about visualization and goal setting and writing affirmations and and things like that. And him and I both sat and wrote our affirmations and very quickly we saw changes happening in our lives just from writing out these goals. It was the craziest experience, to be honest. What were some of the books that you, you guys were reading at the time? Oh my gosh, the power. And then what was the other ones? And now you, now you put me on the spot and I can't <laughs> even think of them. We can always, we, we can circle back and you can let me know and we'll put them in the show notes. But you said the yeah. power was one. Who is that written by? That was another book by the same author as, as the, um, the secret. Um, it's called like the power of the plan or something, something like that. 
um, that it was a, a similar book, but it was kind of a little bit more geared towards business and, and than so much just your personal life. Mm-hmm. What was like the biggest eye opening for you on one of the intentions that maybe you or your husband at the time had set? Um, sorry, ask the question again. Um, what was an intention that you guys set that you really saw everything just to, that would move around that intention and had that intention kind of, it came to fruition? I think, uh, I mean, one of the the sort of general ones we had written was, you know, when we had first met, I said, I'm not going to stay in Fort Lauderdale. I don't want to stay in Fort Lauderdale. My family's in the Midwest and I want to move back to the Midwest. And so when things had all sort of fallen apart um, with the company, you just, you watch all that stuff sort of like, you know, go down the drain. You're like, how am I ever going to get back home? Because like, we just couldn't find our feet. And so I think one of the, I remember one of the things writing that, um, that we would be moved to the Midwest, that I would be near my family. And we had written goals for like how much money we were going to make that month. And, um, we had wrote goals as far as, I mean, we did visualization boards and I remember visualize having visualization boards with like the, a condo and things like that and being in the Midwest and, um, gosh, what other goals did we write? I remember he had written a goal and I didn't know this at the time. Um, he had wrote a goal about uh, starting up his own commodities brokerage desk, which at the time, I mean, was crazy because he was really just starting out and he was in an industry that he didn't really know anything about. Um, and he had written goals like that. And so to watch all that sort of come together and we would sit some, you know, I remember when we were packing up and leaving Florida to move to Chicago after two years, we were like, how did this even happen? Because it just wasn't, um, at the time, you know, who would, we never thought because we were in such dire straits and we just had no direction, but somehow through a whole turn of events, I mean, we were moving to Chicago when really our energy had been always focused on New York, New York, New York, because that's where he had to be for commodities and for trading. And I remember thinking at one point, well, I could settle for being in New York. At least it's closer to home than uh, than being in Florida. And we were getting ready to come up. I was getting ready to come up to New York and move there full time. And it, he called me and said, you're never going to believe this. And I said, what? He said, I know you're planning on coming up here to sign for an apartment, but I've just been offered the opportunity to go to Chicago and open a desk there. What do you think? And oh my I said, gosh. you cannot be serious. And he said, yes. I go, where did that even come from? He goes, I can't even tell you. He's like, it just came out of nowhere. He had no plans on leaving the company he was with. He had no plans on switching, but he happened to go to dinner and it came up in conversation. I was from the Midwest and this guy had said, you know, well, what would you think about moving to the Midwest and moving to Chicago and, and opening a brokerage desk? And it just came out of nowhere. You're like, heck yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. I like, I, I think those are crazy, like really good examples of that too. But I, mm-hmm. so let's fast forward to the past few years of you being in Chicago and your story about like setting a date when you want something to happen and then just sure. a leap of faith. Cause that was what, when we sat down, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that yeah. inspired me to go out and write on note cards, <laughs> my intentions. I'm like, it's happening. Like how this is so cool. So take us up to speed. Once you, you got to Chicago and then, and how you got into real estate and all that. Sure. When we got to Chicago um, and we knew we were going to settle in in Chicago and we weren't going to go anywhere else, I wanted to get my real estate license. We wanted to invest in real estate. We wanted to buy like six flats and three flats and rent them out. That was part of our goal, one of our goals. And so when we had started um, learning about it, I said, well, I want to get my real estate license because I don't want to pay somebody a commission to buy us property for investments because the margin for profit is so, so narrow. So I had gone out and I got my real estate license and I decided that, you know, I want to spend a year in the real estate industry before we buy our first investment property. I want to learn the ropes. 
So I did that. And over the course of that year, I absolutely fell in love with real estate. And I thought, wow, I could actually probably be pretty good at this. And I like the idea of having the freedom and sort of setting your own schedule um, and things like that. So, you know, being married, my husband had an income. I had the luxury of um, dropping the physical therapy. And I'd always in my head said, and it was actually one of my goals, I'd not my affirmation that I was going to own my own business one day. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have any specific at the time, but I just knew I was going to have my own business and I was going to be an entrepreneur by hook or by crook. I was going to figure this out. I didn't know how. I didn't <laughs> Wait, know did why. you say by hooker? By hook or by crook? Oh my! Have you never heard that? <laughs> no, but the, 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 I know we're having storms, so I, I think it cut out. And I'm like, oh. just say, so now I look like the crazy person. Okay, we're just going to edit that out. Okay. Just kidding, Tess, you can keep that in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I knew that I <laughs> you're a little <laughs> So I knew I was going to do something entrepreneurial, but I just didn't know what I was real estate license. We we're going to invest in real estate. And I thought, no, this could be a great opportunity for me. I could really do something with this. So being married at the time, I had the luxury of sort of letting the physical therapy job go to the side. And I was really at a very minimal part-time level because I had the support of my husband to go out and, and take on this real estate field, you know, not really knowing what I was doing. So Fast forward a little bit again, um, as I'm getting in my feet wet with the real estate and really enjoying it, um, unfortunately, my marriage came to an end and I ended up getting separated in the January of 2000 or March of 2013. Um, it had been like a year and a half of like long struggle, not, sh- you know, not sure what we were doing. Um, and eventually in that March, I decided that, you know, I needed to just make a decision. So I chose to leave and and be back on my own. So at that point, I thought, well, real estate, because I cannot support myself on a commission only um, structure. I, I mean, I needed some type of income just to pay the bills and things like that. So I went back to doing physical therapy. Um, and I'm more full, not completely full time, but, you know, probably like 35 hours a week, 30, 35 hours a week, I was doing physical therapy. And then I would work these crazy hours. I would go from 630 in the morning till like one or two in the afternoon at the physical therapy clinic. I would leave. Um, I would get changed in the clinic, put on my proper work attire and head out and try to do real estate the rest of the afternoon and also on the weekends. And I worked those that schedule for a really long time. And how long would you say that you burn the candle at both ends of the stick? Oh gosh. At least a year, at least a year. Wow. Um, and so I would that Monday through Friday at the clinic, 6.30 to 2, leaving. Um, when I would leave the door in the morning, I had everything. I had my workout clothes. I had my scrubs on. I would go to the clinic. I had my clothes with me to change. I had my lunch with me to eat. I had all my, my laptop and everything. And I basically went into a closet in the clinic, <laughs> changed, and walked out. And I no word of a lie. Um, Did they know then? Like at the clinic, did they know like, oh, there goes Lynn. She's going to a real estate gig. Yeah, it was kind of like, it was interesting because my supervisor, Kevin, was the one who encouraged me also to get my license at the time. And he was doing the same thing. So he was very supportive. He he knew, um, I think him and I both had an idea of where the health industry was going, healthcare industry was going. And so he was very supportive. You're saying you're the guy that you were working with PT. You guys both understood that like real estate was something that you wanted to get into. And so he supported that. Totally, totally. And he knew what I was doing and he was working with me um, to keep my schedule sort of on the lighter side, but at the same time getting my job done. And he was very, very understanding. Um, So he was a huge part of it. And I did that. um, So I did the clinic and then I would leave and they all used to joke because they, all the girls used to want to see what my outfit was for that day and things like that. <laughs> and I would be, I would get changed and be eating my lunch and finishing up my notes at the clinic and out the door I would go. Oh and gosh. that would be me um, until whenever I got home uh, from doing real estate. And then I would do it on the weekends too, as much as I could. 
So that's, that was rough. And so you, you did that for, from like March, 2013 for an entire year. And then Mm -hmm. tell us about the, the tipping point that caused like catapult you out of PT and then into real estate. And don't forget to tell us about all your intentions that you set along the way too. Sure. Sure. I think, um, I mean, I was getting burnt out and I knew I couldn't sustain it. And, um, the interesting thing was I was about to buy a condo for myself. And I think partly like, Sorry. Uh, Diana, if you're listening right now, you have a call. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not no, going to be able to stop that, this is, this is one of the beauties of doing a podcast is we, we interview very, like, women are busy. And so we're just know. open and, and happy to take them wherever they're at in their day. So <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. It's, it's so funny. Um, so I had, I was about to, I think partly, like, when I had – when I had first gotten divorced, I was so, it's such an ego thing too. You're just trying to maintain your life, maintain your lifestyle. And, you know, um, and I thought, you know, what? I'm going to buy a place. And I'm going to sort of prove to the world I'm, I'm on my feet and I can, I can handle my life and I'm not phased by this whole divorce thing. And I was standing in this condo one day and I brought my parents into town. I thought, this is it. This is the condo I'm going to buy and it's going to buy it for myself. And I'm going to show everybody that I'm doing fine. And I stood in the condo with my parents and I thought, you know what? This is not right. This is not what I'm meant to be doing. And I looked at my dad and I said, you know what, dad? I go, I don't think I want this place. And he goes, what? And he says, you don't. And I said, no. I said, I don't think, I said, I think I want to downsize. And he said, why? And I said, because you know what? I'm running myself ragged, trying to do, do this job and whatever. And I think I just need to, I just need to get a roommate and downsize and not take all this on. So that's what I did. So I moved in uh, with a friend and we were living in River North. And I sat there one day and I just was like, why? you know, you kind of get down on yourself. You're like, why is this happening to me? Like here, here, there goes all my dreams. There goes. So wait, let's go back to real estate. You were saying you were going to go buy a place in river North and it was like, how, like how big was it? Like describe to us. Cause I think a lot of us go through that and including myself and we're like, we want to prove the world. And like you said, it's really our ego that's going after it. So tell us, like paint the picture of what luxury it was and then walk us through like your mind and the thoughts that you had. I mean, so basically it was actually a place in the South loop. It was, um, it was three bedrooms, two baths, laundry room, heated garage parking. It was a corner unit. So it had windows on the corners of all the bedrooms, um, beautifully finished granite and stainless steel. I mean, hardwood floors throughout It was stunning. Um, and, and it was everything that, you know, I would, you would think that, oh, I can't afford this because I'm a single woman and, you know, I've just gotten divorced. I'm, and at the time when I found it, I thought, no, this would be perfect. I can afford this. I can, you know, have, I can put rooms if I have to, but I'm going to own this place. And this is, you know, I'm going to continue to live my life in the, the, to the level that I was living it before when I was married. And I can't even tell you, to be honest, I, I just... I, I've, I think a lot of, um, of what the books teach you to um, is just being very in tune to what how you're feeling and um, those gut instincts when you just I'm, I think I can honestly look back now and say I had a gut instinct that I shouldn't have gotten married and I didn't listen to it mm-hmm. and I had gut instincts about other things too that I didn't listen to and I stood in that condo and it was beautiful and it was great. And it was everything that you would have wanted. Um, I mean, as a first, that would have been my first home um, on my own. And I thought, you know, this this will prove to everybody that I'll make it. And it was just this deep gut feeling that it wasn't meant to be. And that it just, some there was something in the air that I just knew that it, would, it was going to be the wrong move if I took on this condo mm. uh, by myself. So that's when I decided, no, I'm, I'm just going to run. I'm going to rent for another year. I'm going to move to the river and move to river North. I'm going to live there um, with my friend, Adam. And, and I'm not going to take on, I'm not going to take on that mortgage. 
and it, it would have been, I mean, it would have been crazy. It would have been like a $400,000 mortgage and I'd have been on my own. Um, so it would have been pretty reckless and I'm glad I didn't do it. And so then I, I, when I moved to River North, we lived there for, I lived there for another year. And I continued to do what I was doing. It still wasn't the cheapest place. I took on like a pretty big, I took on a pretty big condo and then said to my friend, Adam, Hey, Adam, do you want to live with me? Cause I'd taken on this, like, <laughs> yeah, this like, um, $3,000 a month apartment and then paying for parking and all these other things. And he said, yeah, I'd love to live with you. And I thought that would be great. So Adam rented and we lived together for the year and this was and what year are we in right now? So this was 13. This was, I got divorced. I was just about to buy the place. So this was probably about this time. It was about, yeah, about July of 14 mm. that, no, July of 13 that we moved in together. Um, so I was still in the process of getting divorced. I wasn't even divorced yet at that point. I was just separated and... I moved to, Adam said he was going to live with me. So we moved in July and we moved to River North and I was, he, him living with me was great. It definitely took on some of the financials of like taking on the huge apartment and things like that. But I was still working all these hours at the clinic and I wasn't getting to save as much money as I wanted to. And I wasn't getting to do the real estate as much as I wanted to. And I came home one day exhausted. I didn't even do real estate that day. I was so tired. I left straight from the clinic. I was so angry at myself for being so tired that I couldn't do any more. And I came home and I sat in the apartment, absolutely exhausted. I probably had like my third or fourth coffee of the day at this point and looked around this beautiful river North apartment that I was paying all this money for. And I thought, what am I doing? Like, why, why am I doing this to myself? Because really at this point, all the hours I was working at the clinic was just really to help me maintain this lifestyle. So what was the point? What was the point in doing it? It wasn't as if I was working all these crazy hours, doing the clinic, doing real estate and saving this amazing amount of money every month. I was really just maintaining that lifestyle. And in the meantime, I was wearing myself out. And I began to get frustrated because I was angry about how my life had played out. And I felt that, you know, this, I would have been able to do the real estate had I not gotten divorced and had I still been married and had the support, you know, I, this wouldn't be an issue. And I'd be, I'd be independent and doing the, the real estate full time. And so I was mad at my situation. I was mad at my ex. I was, you know, had all these mixed emotions about, um, why I wasn't getting to where I wanted to be. And then I thought to myself, you know what? No, I'm not going down like that. There's, it's not going to happen this way. And I just decided that I was going to downsize again. And I was going to go to a studio in Old Town. And it is the smallest, tiniest mm-hmm. studio <laughs> you know, that that you could possibly live in. Well, right about that point, when I had that, that break, I thought, you know what? No, I need to get back to writing my affirmations. I need to get back to writing these goals because that's what helped me in the past. That's what helped me keep going. And I getting so lost in everything that had happened in my life that I just lost focus. And I thought, no, that's it. I, I am going to get out of physical therapy in the next year. So this was, this was the, um, few months, what's that? Like the fall, the fall or like late winter or fall, winter of 14 mm-hmm. after living for about six, seven months with, with my friend, Adam, I thought, no, this is, this is coming to an end and I am getting out of physical therapy and I am going to go into real estate full time And initially what I wrote was the goal was that I was just going to, I was going to go part-time 20 hours a week. Now at that point, that sounded like an absolute miracle because I was doing 35, 30, 35. So if I could get to 20 and I remember my girlfriend, Danielle sitting with me 
saying, and she was like, Lynch, like you can make it happen. You know, set yourself that goal. You can do it and tell yourself you're going to be part time. I said, fine, that's what I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this happen. So I told myself and I would say it to myself every morning. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go part time. I'm going to go part time and I'm going to get get out of this. And sure enough, very quickly, I was able to and I don't even know how just cutting back expenses and just different different things. I was able to get down to the 20 hours a week. Um, so, then I, and really quick too, I mean, you said that you were able to get down to the 20 hours and you were cutting expenses. What were some of the things that you cut out? And I think this is a great topic of, of to chat about just because it is really hard where you mm-hmm. knew where you wanted to go. And mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to move the ego aside and be able to and do things that not most Absolutely. people would do, mm-hmm. but you want to get where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it was all kinds of things. It was, you know, I said to ask this ridiculous cable ball because I'm never home and I don't watch the television that much. And I was, I stopped eating out as much and I was cooking at home and I made sure to cook all my meals at home um, as much as I could. I, um, gosh, I mean, there was, I was getting my nails done. I I stopped getting my nails done. I stopped getting my hair cut as frequently. That sounds crazy, but it's, I, that's what I did. I was like, I'm not gonna, you know, keep, I was getting my hair cut like every four weeks. And I thought, no, no more. I'm just going to have to let it grow and I'm going to have to maintain it. I got rid of my gym membership. What else did I get rid of? Um, I mean, lots of just little things I thought I realized that they all added up and it was all a waste of my money. And by doing that, I was giving myself some freedom. And so as much as all those little things make you feel good, it doesn't make you feel as good as having a good night's rest and not feeling burnt out and not feeling worn out. And that, you know, I wasn't getting to really enjoy, you know, life and like, or not, I wasn't reaching my goals. I feel progress was so much better than having your hair done and having your nails done and things like that. I mean, I can't even, it sounds crazy, but it's true because I believe it. Um, when you're that burnt out, none of those things make you feel good about yourself. It's a really good perspective. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. then you, after you moved out, um, now you're on your own and you wrote that you were going to go part-time to down to 20 hours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I told myself that. And so then I, I very, once I started, once I downsized, that happened pretty quickly. So then I had said to myself, I changed, I, then I changed my affirmation again. And you always have to be doing that. You always have to be updating it and making it more objective all the time. And so I, I said to myself, I am going to be out of physical therapy entirely by spring of 2015. So that it would have been this past spring that I was going to be out by out on my own, or I was going to, I was going to leave physical therapy. Was, I kind of set that like, uh, like out a little ways. Cause I realized like how ridiculous that sounded even at the time, I think when I, when I set the goal. And so I had downsized my apartment and I'd set this goal. I said, I'm going to be out. I'm going to be out. And I kept telling all my staff members, they would say to me, you know, they would, they would talk about all plans for the future. And I would say, I'm not going to be here. I'm like, you guys, I am not going to be here. Even my boss, Kevin, I mean, as much as he was pushing me to do the the real estate and he knew I could do it, he would make comments about the future and down the road. And I'd say, listen, you guys, it's all well and good, but I am not going to be here a year from now. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you right now, this is not going to happen. I am out of here. I am out of here. And my friend, my colleagues would say, but Lynn, how, like, how are you going to do it? I go, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just telling you that in a year from now, I am not going to be full time in the clinic. And yeah, that was the spring of of 14, the early spring of 14. I just moved into my was getting moved into my new place. I left my old place early. I remember I even, you know, moved out early from Adam. This is it. I said, I am I'm going to be out of physical therapy in a year. And shortly after I moved into my new apartment. I was approached by one of the top brokers in our company. She is the top broker in our company to see how I felt about coming on and joining her team as, and, um, she does 
at, you know, 60 million and up a year in real estate. And her assistant was pregnant with twins at the time. And she she was getting ready to go out on maternity leave. And she said to me, you know, how do you feel about coming on to the team, um, helping me out while uh, Jenny is gone on maternity leave? And when Jenny returns, you know, we're going to get you back to brokering and get you where you want to be. And I thought, this cannot even be real. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, and I realized looking back that everything that I had done that had led up to this point, not ta- not buying the condo, renting the place with my friend, you know, downsizing again to the studio, getting rid of all these expenses. It was everything I had done had was put me in this position to be able to join her team and and do the real estate. And so I ended up, um, I continued to do physical therapy for a period of a period of time. And that was over the summer months of 14. I still continued because I wasn't quite sure how it was going to work out. And I, we didn't really know um, what was going to happen when Jenny was on maternity leave and when she would be back and things like that. And obviously it was also just like a nervousness of, you know, it's a commission only industries, real estate is. So there was just certain nerves involved too. And basically when Jenny returned, um, Millie wanted me to stay on. She said, you and still work with the team. And she said, you know what, you know, what do you think about it? And at the time the clinic was pressuring me and they wanted more hours for me. And they had said, you know what, Lynn, you know, we've been really good about, you know, letting you reduce your hours over time, but we've really gotten so busy lately. We need more, more hours from you. And I was basically at this point where I either had to give the clinic more hours or lose the job. Um, and, (laughs) and yeah, what was that like? Um, I mean, I think it was frustrating because I was very loyal to, I'm a very loyal person and I was very loyal to that position. And if they ever asked me of anything, you know, I always did it and I worked holidays and I worked weekends for them and, and I really tried to give as much as I could. And so I felt like they kind of backed me into a corner a little bit over the course of the year. Um, my manager, the guy who had supported me, had left and moved to Florida. Oh, we had this new manager who didn't really ha- have any loyalty towards me, or or really have any knowledge of all the, you know, everything that I'd given over the years with the clinic, and she didn't really care. Her her thing was just, you know, we need more hours, and you either work more, or you you know, there's the door type thing, and so I basically found myself at this point where. Um, you know, Jenny was going to be coming back to her, to her position. You know, we didn't really know what my position was going to be with Millie. And then the clinic's basically saying to me, you know, give me more hours or you got to go. And so I basically approached um, Millie and I said, listen, this is what the deal is. You know, what do you, what, what is our plan? What is our goal? You know, and we had a, a very candid conversation about, you know, what my position would be on the team. And I basically was able to leave the clinic and I turned around to them and said, you know, I got to do this. This is everything that I'd um, planned for and worked towards. And it just, you know, you guys have basically given me an ultimatum and, you know, I wasn't going to be scared into staying. Um, And I basically told them, I just got to, I just have to take a leap of faith and I just have to go with it. So, uh, sorry. And I want to, I'm just curious too, because you make it sound like it was so effortless. Oh God, no. <laughs> but I mean, so like our listeners, if there's anyone out there that is in this situation, I would love for you to offer up like the insight and, and tell us a little bit more about what that experience was like having to fully cut the cord because that mm-hmm. is not easy. No, it's definitely not. And, and I'll, I will say, um, I'm not a risk taker. I'm just a very calculated person. Um, you know, I think people get that mistaken sometimes that um, re- taking a risk and being reckless are two very different things. And when I was faced with this, it wasn't an easy decision. I sat down, I was budgeting, you know, I had to look at like, what do I have to make bare minimum every month? 
just to survive. Uh, where else could I cut costs if possible? And I did. I did that. I did it more. If in I, I'm, I mean, every little thing that was not a necessity had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's it was a risk, but it was a well thought out. I thought about all my budgeting, my lifestyle, what I needed to be able to be successful with the real estate. Um, what were some of your fears? I mean, going through the whole process of like during that budgeting and potential FOMO or just things that were coming through your, your mind, the fears. I, 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 my biggest fear was, was not being able to pay my bills. I mean, I had student, I had student loan debt from going to grad school. Um, I think I, I thing I, you know, my parents had always raised me to, to, be very smart with your money and um, be careful about your credit score and don't use credit cards, you know, as a means of surviving and, you know, and things like that. So it was getting myself to a point where, I mean, I, 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 the biggest, the biggest fear is, is, is the, is the idea of getting myself into debt, mm. you know, and, but then the other fear was regret. I mean, and, and looking back and thinking, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and, you know, I didn't want to, I mean, it was part of the reason why I'd gotten divorced because I had looked at my life in the former years and thought, I don't want to go another year and wonder, you know, what would have happened if I had just walked away a year ago and I didn't want to blink my eyes and be 40 and and regret being married at 40 and thinking, well, I should have done it when I was in my thirties, I should have walked away. And so I found myself like kind of reflecting on that experience and saying to myself, well, Lynn, you know, you don't want want to turn around and be miserable working your physical therapy job for the rest of your life and wondering what it could have been like had you just taken the chance and left. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just did my budgeting. I knew where I had to be every month. And I just knew that I had to hustle. I knew there was no choice. And it did not come without sleepless nights and grinding my teeth and all kinds of other, um, you know, nightmares and, you know, waking up in sweats. And, and I remember one night having chest pains cause I was just so worried about like, how was I going to make it happen? But I knew that if every day I just put in a hundred percent, even if I had to walk away in six months and go back to doing physical therapy, at least I knew I'd given it a shot. And at least I knew I had tried because I did not want to live my life regretting it. And it was one of my, the things my parents said when, um, when I had made the decision, because basically what happened is I joined Millie's team and I stayed with her and that was a great transition because obviously she does $64 million a year in business and I'm part of that team. And, and, um, and that was great. But then I made the choice to go fully out on my own and leave the team and be an independent broker entirely, which was another transition, um, for me that I took just this past, um, this, this past March, March of 2015. Um, but all those, all those experiences led up to me going out on my own entirely. And so tell us then too, so talking about intentions, like what are some easy things if people aren't already setting intentions now that you would give advice to, to, to do? Um, I would say is don't, uh, don't hold back on them. Don't, don't think, Oh, I don't want to write this, this intention because that, that's not going to happen. No, just put it all out on the table. Cause I, I think, you know, sometimes we, we hold ourselves back. So some of my, um, my affirmations and intentions and goal setting that I write, it's, it's out there. I mean, it's crazy numbers, it's crazy (laughs) goals. Um, it's, it, you know, if anybody were to pick them, pick up my cards, they would probably think this girl is crazy and she's a, she's a dreamer or she's not realistic, but do not hold back. Just what is it that you want for your life? If you could have everything that you wanted to have, how would, what would it look like? And just write, write those goals down. Is it that you want to, you know, have 
is it that you want to be a real, say you want to be a realtor or you want to be, you want to own your own company. Just, I will be the CEO of my own company by such and such date. And then as things start to materialize, then you can start to be more specific. Well, I'm going to be the CEO of, you know, a wedding planning company. And once you start to figure those, it's something that you will always um, continue to go back and rewrite. But basically, don't hold yourself back. Whatever, whatever you can have in your imagination, put it on paper and just put it down in front of you and read it every day and tell yourself, you know, every day. Right now, my one, um, my new one, um, which is not totally new. It's just it's as I as I get through my as I reach some of my goals, the cards go into, you know, an old box. And then, you know, I'm, it, I focus mm-hmm. on the new ones. And my new one is right now that every day I say, it, I say it to my friends and I say it to my colleagues, I'm going to have a team one day and I want a team of five brokers. I'm going to have a team of five brokers. And, and by spring of 16, I'm going to take on my first buyer's broker. Now, do I have the business right now to justify it? No, but I'm telling you, by spring of 16, I'm going to take on my first buyer's broker. myself that every single day that that is what I'm going to do. And when people say to me, you know, oh, like, what's your plan? You know, what's your plan? I'm going to have a team one day. I'm going to have a team of five and I'm going to take on my first buyer's broker by spring of 16. I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know where, the, I don't know where the volume's coming from. I don't know where the business is going to come from to justify having another person. But I tell myself every day, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have my first team member by spring of 16. End of story. So that, that's interesting. So two things that I was thinking of that came out of that is one, um, how do you, what advice do you give to people to be patient with themselves as they're going through, we set the intentions, but I think it's easy for humans for to be like, okay, come on, like, why aren't you happening? So what advice do you have for patients? And then two is, um, well, let me get back to two because it escaped my mind. So what advice do you have for being patient? Being patient. I mean, I think partly what you have to do is just not question it. I think when you start to question it is when you become impatient. Mm-hmm. I just, I read them every day and I don't question it, but I just, when I head out the door, then it's time to just hustle. And when you do the hard work and when you just work hard every day and you're productive every single day, it's hard to get um, impatient. If you're sitting around waiting for things to happen, yeah, you're going to get impatient all day long. It is not that you write these goals and you write these affirmations and you read them every day and then it just somehow happens. No, there's work behind that. I'm up every day at 5.30. I work out every morning at 6.30. And I come to the office every day, no matter if I have appointments or if I, if, even on a day when I think, well, what am I going to work on today? Sometimes I'm just not sure. But I make, make myself come to the office every single day. Because if you don't, you're not being productive and it's not just going to come out of thin air. You don't, it's not a wish. You're not writing a wish list. It's a genie lamp. It's, I wish it's, this is what I'm going to have, but you also have to put that into motion. There has to be action and there has to be, you know, work put behind it. And so as long as you're every day, come, come into your office or, or sit down at your desk and you work on, on items and you can be productive and check some things off that list. You're making progress towards it. Don't worry. Don't be worrying about feeling that you're making enough, you know, enough progress or when is it going to happen? Just put faith in it. Just believe in it. But every day you also have to come in and put the effort in behind it and you'll be surprised. I mean, even I said, Every day I'm surprised by what happens. I just found out, um, I just found out at the end of June that I got, I had the highest written volume in our office for the month of May. Oh my gosh. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened. I mean, literally when I found out, I thought, is that right? That can't possibly be right. That's fantastic. Congratulations. And but you know what? I don't spend too much time thinking about it or thinking about those things. I remember, like, there, there's a board in our office, um, and I walk past it every single day. And it lists 
the, the agent who had the most listings for the month, the agent who had the highest written volume for the month, and then an agent for um, most closed with t- the title company that we have. And I walked past that. And I've I've walked past these billboards, this billboard all the time. It lists the top 10 agents in the office by unit, by volume, and for the month and for the year today and all those types of things. And every time I've, I walk past that office, I look at it and I think my name's going to be on there one day. My name's going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to get onto that top 10 list one of these days. Never really putting too much thought into, you know, is it happening? Is it happening? But I just walk past it and I look at the board and I volume and highest number of units. And I used to just say, I'm going to be on that one day. I'm going to be on that board one day. And sure enough, I walked past that board on July 1st and there was my name on that board for the highest written volume. And I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it because it's just, I was so unexpected when I think of the hundreds of brokers are in our office. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) That's fantastic. But it also goes back to what you said at the beginning too, just being super persistent not only with intentions but really self-talk so yeah well self-talk positive affirmations and but you also have to put the work in yeah I think that's a really good thing to end and land on too is the mm-hmm. what you just said so I'm gonna I'm digest Lynn thank you so much You're for welcome. your time and, and everything today I'm excited for our listeners to hear thanks for tuning in to the she did it her way podcast did you like this episode head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week. We're just going to dive right in because I'll do the intro in a separate audio. Okay. Uh, I know that you guys are just joint. I'm just going to give a little intro here. Um, like a tiny one, even though I just said that I wasn't going to, (laughs) but you guys are joining us and I'm talking with actually, okay. Do you want me to interview? Like, how do you want me to say your last name? I am going to be out of physical therapy entirely by spring of 2015. Is it 15? My years are getting mixed up. I know it's going by so fast. It goes by so fast. I mean, it becomes such a blur. No, no, it had been spring of 2014. And I said to myself, no, it was by the fall. It was by the, f- no, that's right. It was, it was by the spring of 15. I was going to, I said to myself that I was going to be out by the spring of, I need to read my cards again. Did you just go on hold? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I got a call. Sorry. You're totally fine. It's, I see you're such a busy person. I'm sorry. You're just not making dollar bills. Um, <laughs> not to be confused with the <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, which, any, never mind. I was, whatever, I'm going to tell them, I'm not going to speak. Um, 